Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. We are grinding our way through the summer season, a little bit, a uh, little bit past halfway. Although, you know, as I, uh, as much as I've been complaining about it, I'm watching surprisingly a lot of shows still. <laughs> I mean, my, I'm still on like my normal amount of shows that I would yeah. be watching for, in for all the right reasons, though. No, not for the right no, reasons. No, I, I believe but... I believe Ar- Artemis has nailed it there. Yes, there are things to watch this season. I don't know if we should be watching them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, we'll uh, we'll get into that and a couple of uh, new things that happened since last time uh, here in a minute. But uh, let's introduce everybody. I'm Jell. I am joined by Iro. I'm still here. Not dead yet. Still with us. Joined by G. Uh, I'm here to talk about uh, the newest and uh, best isekai uh, currently airing right Uh-oh. now. It is the. It's called the Ark Knights Rainbow Six Siege uh, collaboration. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is. You'd think that would sure. be like a, a girls' frontline thing, right? And not it, Ark Knights. It, it but... works weirdly well. Like, but both, I think it still works. They're right? both tactical absurdity. Uh, and, uh, the only jarring part is hearing these people speaking in English in this otherwise, uh, very, uh, uh, Asian video game. Yeah. Tom Clancy's Arknights. Exactly. Yeah. All right. And, uh, we are also joined by Artemis. And I am here for all the right reasons to talk shit about anime. Let's go. Yes. (laughs) That is what we do. That is what we do around here. So... Let's uh, let's get into it. Um, uh-huh. First up, I feel like we need to mention, if only as a sign of uh, the apocalypse, another one. If we needed more, uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, Evangelion, the final rebuild of Evangelion movie, finally came out uh, to English-speaking audiences officially. This is Evangelion. I hope I, I did. I do. I have the title right. Three point plus one point yes. thrice upon a uh, time. Actually, the version on Amazon is three point plus one point one thrice upon a time. Oh, okay. Did they add? Uh, did they like add something? An extra <laughs> like, scene or something? Is it going to be like a director's cut later on or something? I don't fucking know. These, well, <laughs> but that is the case. Supposedly, this is the final end of all things. Oh yeah, Tell, no, you're definitely. telling me you're telling me this is the end of Evangelion. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm so glad that we're <laughs> that Evangelion is over. That there will definitely never ever be another Evangelion thing ever made. Definitely not. Mm-hmm, Did, mm-hmm. Didn't Anno already say like, well, it's done, but there's still more stories. Or yes, something. he he literally has gone out there and said that he's like, already hedged his bets. He's already hedging his bets. He's already like, well, you know. Shinji's story in Evangelion has been finished, but I think he said something about how, you know, there's 14 years between the events of 2.0 and 3.0, and somebody else... And nearly as many years between the release of... (laughs) In real time, right? Yeah. But yes, I I am growing increasingly worried, because what it sounds like from Otto's interviews is that maybe 
he is potentially done directing, like directly being involved in the creation of new Evangelion material, but there's definitely a tone in some of his interviews of, well, somebody else at Kara might have a story they so want is to it tell. So Neon's next up, Neon Genesis Survive? Like... And like, uh... I, I can only visualize in every single interview where he says, oh, th- somebody else at Kara might want to tell a story in the Evangelion universe. He's like tugging on a chain, and on the other end <laughs> is a collar around Tsurumaki's neck. Like, right. you yeah. want to tell more Evangelion <sighs> stories, don't you, Tsurumaki? Fucking tugging on that chain. Can you imagine if it's just like a remake of the TV series, but all told from, like, Ray's point of view, or Asuka's oh, point of view, or... Please, no. Ugh. Let, let, I don't let, know, do, let do a TV retelling and somehow fit uh, Mari Illustrious uh, uh, Iscariot into, <laughs> into the TV series. <laughs> so, um... You know, hashtag free Sudermaki. Let's just put that in there. Yes. But, uh, As always, yes. Was it any good? Um, so, <laughs> I think the best thing you can probably say about um, the rebuild, like, the, the, the thing you could probably say unanimously about it is, like, visually, it's a well-made movie. It was like, visually stunning. The animation yes. was really, really good. Like, barring a couple of, like... And, and again, this is me, me being the extremely petty, picky mecha fan, but barring a couple of, like, maybe somewhat questionable uh, uh, shots, and uh, frankly, I do not like a lot of the mechanical design in this movie, but I think that generally the visuals in the movie are quite strong. It, it feels like, again, barring a couple of, like, specific cuts, it, it feels like they justified the 14 or so years it took to make this movie. Uh, again, I, I might disagree with some of the visual choices. The giant CG ray head at the end, I think, uh, does not work. Well, you even can't end an Evangelion series without a giant float ray head, right? Like, but, uh... even if it is intentionally supposed to look bad, it still looks bad, so it doesn't work for me. But I guess, I guess they were just going for, like, extreme Uncanny Valley. Right, I think that's the intention, right? Is that she's extremely yeah. off-putting to look at, but also, she's extremely off-putting to look at. And, <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think as Artemis was probably going to get into, uh, maybe everything else about the movie, um, it's a hot mess. Y- yeah. Well, or yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not as much as a hot mess as the last one, at it, least. It but com- uh... compared to movie three, it's a it's a freaking masterpiece. I mean, <laughs> right. Um, but on its own terms, it it was okay. Like. I would give it like a five or a six if I was being very generous, maybe. Hmm. Sure. I mean, I, I think I think that's fair. If you if you if you look at that movie in the sense of like, just on the sheer weight of its production values and how it's made, you probably can't call it like a truly bad movie. But I don't think it was a movie I had a very good time with if that makes sense is is this just the the problem with all the rebuild movies where there's no reason for this to exist <laughs> sometimes so, yeah kind of like look i i've seen the capital d discourse on twitter i know there are people out there who are like, oh man uh uh 4.0 is like this beautiful perfect thematic conclusion to like shinji's arc and like Anno's relationship with evangelion and like i want to believe those people are arguing in good faith but i feel like personally i just did not see that in this movie like it very much felt more like just Anno gratuitously like I, I don't know, like, pandering's maybe not the right word, but it kind of feels like the movie is kind of just pandering to, like, Anno's, like, 
own like personal sensibilities about about Evangelion, and he's just like getting it all out there, right? He's it's, it's, it's it feels like he's just venting, you know, like it's just right. it's the last movie, so he just wants to get every last thought out there, you know, the the Metal Gear Solid Four of 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 anime <laughs> films, so to speak. It's whatever whatever crazy ideas you have left, put them. Uh... Yeah. Get I mean, I, I did. I did actually like the conclusion. Like, I was good with it. Um, I, I don't think it was a masterpiece by any means, but I was happy with what what went down on screen. I guess it was better for me than most of the rest of the movie, which was our shots, crotch shots, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. Ray being moy as fuck, and and going, "This is hard work. This is sweat." These I don't understand this what is, anything is. is it Hold a on, I'm, I'm, like, I'm receiving an update. Uh, just now, uh, I'm receiving an update. Uh, a new spear has just dropped. Uh, my my goodness, another Lance of Longinus has entered the ring. Uh, who could have possibly have seen this coming? That mm. ad, The count is now six Lances of Longinus <laughs> in this movie. Uh, well... As someone who has, for 15 years or so, refused to watch these movies, uh, maybe I will stay that way. I think the, first one, the first one is pretty good, you know? I think one and two are, like... <laughs> I mean, because they are just shot-for-shot remakes yeah, of, like... <laughs> I was gonna say, like, aren't the first two movies just slightly nicer-looking versions of the TV series? I mean, I would, I would even, yeah. I, I would even like, not necessarily agree with that. Like, honestly, I think, like, some of the shots in the TV show were actually done better than how they're done in the movies but right um, well yeah i'm sure uh with this movie we will never get any more evangelian content and this will never be uh discussed again so uh <laughs> don't forget to listen to our podcast you know genesis evan glorio yes uh, where we litigate the entirety of evangelion over the yes. course of like what twelve podcasts or something? Yeah, we did. We did do that uh, that mini series on rewatching the TV series when when it came out on Netflix uh, a year or two ago. Now at this point, I don't know how long it was, but yeah, go check that out. Maybe I'll drop a link in the notes. Yeah, you know, you know, how about this? How about this? If you haven't watched the rebuild movies yet, uh, maybe watch Eve- End of Evangelion instead. Kinda, yeah. Mm. I. I have opinions that I want. Okay, get into <laughs> I was literally actually about to say I, it, thank you, Artemis, because I was literally actually also about to say I don't necessarily think that movie is great either. But if you are looking for something that is a thematic conclusion to, even I, I, I still have opinions and I'm not going to uh, get into them. Fair, yeah. fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. yeah. Uh, I don't know. Shout outs to uh, Mari um, doing a Giga Drill Breaker with the Eiffel Tower, I guess. You know what? Shout out! I, I, if if I want to shout out anything in the film, it's shout outs <laughs> to like the side characters coming back and actually living an okay life. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's like planting I, I, rice in the field and fishing and whatnot. That sounds that sounds legit, and I'm happy for them. Sure. Yeah. I we we can't keep this going, but I I guess I'll just say that like I I, I have opinions on the whole pastoral uh, uh, section of that movie. I it definitely kind of. I don't know. It just kind of gives me that vibe of like, oh, this is an old man who like really just wants to retire to the countryside or something. I so mean, his older to... work was very environmental in nature too, so I'm not overly surprised. Um, right. But it looked good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great, Great right. looking movie. Well, um, I think I believe that, and all the movies are now available on Amazon Prime, right? Yes, so we I get think so. some. Uh, 
international licensing hell with the movies available on Amazon, but the TV <laughs> series available on Netflix with different dubs and different casts. Uh, although the Amazon, they got the original cast dub cast back, didn't they? Uh, quite did, did a I lot see of that? it. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Or many of them, many of the principal people. So that's interesting. But all right, well, putting my sarcasm aside, I have a feeling Evangelion will come up sometime in the future. Again. I just want Suromaki to do new yes, stuff please. again. Like, I... let Suromaki do something else, like even for a little while. Yeah. All right. Let's move along. Uh, we actually had a, a, a new show come out since we last uh, Somehow. Spoke. Uh, even though we're, like, past halfway through the normal anime season schedule. But uh, we had uh, Fena Pirate Princess. Or maybe it should be Fena Pirates vs. Ninjas. I don't know. Wait, they, <laughs> but They're splitting uh, the difference here. I'm not here. sure the series knows either, to be honest. There's no... There's no... You don't need to have pirates versus ninjas because they are pirate ninjas. Yes. Fair enough. Yes, but uh, yeah. So this was uh, a Crunchyroll original show that they are uh, that I guess they wanted to do a simultaneous international release. Sure. Hmm. Uh, right. So you know this included the fully dubbed in English version airing in America on Adult Swim slash yeah. Toonami. I think the last time they did that was with like, Space Dandy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, they did do that, didn't they? I completely forgot about that. But yeah, so it's it's airing simultaneously. So so you can actually watch the the um, English the Japanese version on Crunchyroll like like any other anime they would normally do. And but you can also watch it dubbed on TV. If anybody remembers what that is. I have not owned a TV since 2012. Okay, uh, I, you know, like speaking of, like I remember, I watched Space Dandy dubbed. Like I, I, I always yeah. made sure to watch the dubbed version. <laughs> so years ago, yes. So, uh, so the they debuted with two episodes, and then we had mm -hmm. one that just came out last night as of recording because we're recording uh -huh. on Sunday. Yes, and um, it's all right. Yeah, I, I liked it. It was, you know, like... It, yeah. Not the most ambitious show in the world, but, you know, it's just like a... It's one of those, like, just... It, this might be a... adventure romps, Early, early to mid-aughts, like, yeah. Tsunami yeah. show. I, I, did, I did... It did feel kind of old-fashioned in some good ways and some bad ways, perhaps. Maybe, uh, yeah. I, I, I appreciate it. Well, just for everybody's benefit the premise is the there is a princess who escapes being murdered when her kingdom's getting overthrown as a child and uh 10 years later she gets recovered by a group of ninjas uh -huh. <laughs> that uh -huh. were sworn to protect her family sure. and uh now she has to go on a high seas adventure to discover the mystery of this rock that her father left behind or something yeah yeah Sounds which about right all right sure yeah yeah i mean sign like, me hey. up um and there is a lot i liked about it um i think i appreciated that they i appreciate that they put a high priority on having fun yeah like yeah. i would mm -hmm. almost describe the show as a comedy <laughs> sometimes in in the wrong um areas perhaps like there are there were some comedic choices in particular in episode one that I was like maybe I don't not know the if best time for a, a comedy like bit yeah but 
maybe not the best time for a silly anime face at that moment, right? Right, right, yeah. Um, but overall, I, I, I like that general tone that they're going for with it. Like, even her, like, hot ninja edgelord boyfriend uh-huh. is not totally unflappable, you know? Like, I I kind of appreciate the, the personalities they've given to the characters and everything, but... Um, but yeah, like we said, I, I mean, it's not the execution is like, and it also looks very nice. Like they really, I, I felt like the animation and the production values were very high on it. Yeah. But like the the concept is very straightforward. It's, it's basically like, you know, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think <laughs> I, I just think that like you know I don't think every show has to like reach for the stars, right? Not every show has to like you know be a revelation for the genre, right? Sometimes a show can just want to tell a fun, inoffensive story, and, like, if it can execute on that well, then, you know, I'm, I'm here for it, you know? I mean, we all we all loved Rage of Bahamut, right? Like, I, I think yeah. that... I mean, yeah. I think Rage of Bahamut was operating at a much higher level than Fina is, but, like, <laughs> Yeah, still, I mean, like, even, I... even that had a lot more of its own kind of creative, yeah, unique enough. spins on things, whereas this is very straightforward. Standard, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there's a, and there's a couple of like, I don't know, weird lingering gender things going on, uh, that feel like leftovers from the early 2000s as well. <laughs> but, uh, well. Yeah. I, I really hope, um, Fen actually learns to fight and defend herself at some point. Um, Instead of being constantly saved by her ninja squad. Not, yeah. not as of episode 3, I'm sorry to say, but I did enjoy mm. episode 3 still, so... Um, sure. I think... Yeah. yeah. I'm fine with her starting out this way. I would just like to see her progress beyond just being, right. you know, the damsel in distress. Yeah, I, um, I, I will say, I don't know, maybe you guys, maybe they show up in episode 3. I will say I was disappointed when Fana's two old-ass servants did not come along on the submarine because yeah. I think that those two were my favorite characters in the first two episodes. Yeah, like, no, I think they're going to be gone for a while. Yeah, but, just uh, like boo. goofy old butlers, just like... <laughs> I did but find they it were funny. previously, like, knights or whatever, so... Yeah, yeah, I, just like I trying, to, trying it, their best, you know? <laughs> I did find it funny because it's only, it's only a 10-year time skip and they seem to age, like, 30 years in that yeah, right. That's just how it was back then, man. <laughs> Hard like, back in the day. like when 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 we get the flashback and we see yeah. the, the Fena's memories of them, they're like maybe like, you know, 40, in their fifties, forties or fifties yeah, maybe, yeah. and and now they're like in their seventies or eighties. It's only been like ten. It's only been like ten years. I, I appreciate that their design, like their 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 <laughs> character design, seems to have basically just been anime Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Uh, also, shout outs to maybe the best uh, insult I have ever heard in an anime. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, right. Scone Yaro. <laughs> uh, uh, translated to Scone Bastard. Uh, that's what you. That's what you call British people, right? Scone yeah, Yaro. Like, that's Scone Yaro. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember what it because I watched because I watched. So I actually watched the the dub on. Oh okay. It's on, when it's like when, it when the like it's like when the pretty clearly the real villain like blonde guy shows up right. Yes. And he's like he's the one who like stops the the the, the like shitty underling bad guy from like, hitting the lady. How dare you strike a woman in my presence? Right, yeah, right. yeah. And then that guy's like, I think he's. I think the implication of that 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 insult's meant to be like you scone eating bastard, right? Like, right. oh, you tea drinking, yeah. scone yes. eating, like, yeah. fop. But I don't, 
just tr- tr- translated as scone yarrow. <laughs> it's extremely I, I don't funny. I don't remember what they said in the dub. I might uh, have to go back and track that. But oh, um, man. oh, so you guys you you guys didn't see episode three because that hmm. we have not we've not seen episode three yet. I, all right, I'm going to throw out some minor spoilers here. Sure, sure, sure. This is uh, not a terribly plot-driven show, I think. So, there's a squad of uh, lady pirates that show up. Okay, <laughs> okay right. Are they, are they right. the ones in the OP? They're in the opening, that's right. Yeah, the ones that are in the OP with their cool one-piece-ass uh, character designs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's an interesting, to me, the sort of, like the dynamic of them so they're working for the guy that that tried to buy fena in the first episode <clears throat> sure. right right he's tasked with re- recovering her okay and so he hi- he hires this squad of lady pirates okay and it's like that's kind of weird but then also the lady pirates themselves are kind of cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, come on, you've watched anime I, before, right? I mean, like, I am clearly, also... They, uh, they will be, like, the rival squad, but then, like, halfway through the series, like, Fana's, like, you know, her pluck speech, and her passion yeah. will, like, convince cool pirate lady, but, huh, maybe you're not so bad after all. Uh-huh. So, you, you know, come on. It, yeah. Your luck I, and pluck has I, won I, I do over. Hope, I do hope now that they're apparently... Well, again, spoilers, devoid of an employer at, at, by the end of the episode. Maybe they'll, oh, well. the, oh, okay. maybe they'll join the squad, but... Um, I don't know. I mean, I, even if they just end up being, like, recurring, like, or the, the, the rival, The rival hero, the rival yeah. uh, anti-hero, I don't know, but... Uh, they seem they seem like lovable ruffians, you know, the type. Right. Yeah. Like, just seeing them from they, the OP, I can tell, like, mm-hmm. what kind of characters... They, 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 have, they have two elaborate character designs to not feature prominently in the rest of the series. Oh, yeah, too, mm-hmm. too much of a pain to draw. <laughs> yeah, with, uh, they, they have, uh, yeah. Clear, they, clearly, they put a lot of work into designing them, but they seem pretty <laughs> cool. Um, so, sure. So, yeah, I, overall, like, it's fun. Yeah. I'll take it. Has, like, uh, the one thing that kind of weirded me out was, like, it kind of started off, I feel like, as a sort of almost, I mean, I mean, fantastical, right? Like, this, it was, it was kind of fantasy-ish. Got, like, ninjas and... Yeah, th- but then they were like, but also we're going to mention America and Britain <laughs> yeah, and yeah, Japan yeah. and so, Turkey. Like, what? So, I mean, Where are I think, we? Well, I mean, if you think about it, like, if this is, like, in the same lineage as something like a Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Like, yeah. kind of swashbuckling adventure that takes place in our world, but, like, with clearly fantastical elements, I, I think. But the problem when when anime does it, and and mm-hmm. maybe no one else can, maybe I'm just, like, putting way too much, uh, like, seriousness to it, but, like, they give you kind of a rough place where they are maybe and mention, you know, enough that you can kind of perhaps guess at a year even or decade or whatever. Right, right. But then their outfits yeah. are not <laughs> <Right>. like, huh? <laughs> it's like the Japanese version of what they think British people wore back in ye oldie times. Like, right. huh? Yeah, they, they make a, in episode three, they make an offhanded comment about uh, the American colonies still existing. So you can sure. kind of pinpoint the timer. I mean, it's pirates era, right? Yeah, that's so, the golden age of piracy. Um, yeah, I thought I did think it was a little weird that we're using real world locations, um, and like Fena's magic gemstone thing is probably from Germany or something. They mentioned, and like it's it's interesting. Uh, the the British are evil, of course. Sure, uh, uh, as they are. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I guess to me it's like I, I shout out to Glorio UK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I guess to me I would say that 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 probably doesn't bother me too much. I think it's just like well you know whatever. It, like, it doesn't it's, bother it's, me. It's clearly it just, just a backdrop at the end of the day. It doesn't think, bother but, me. It's just kind of a weird choice. I just like I, I just think like if you were gonna if you were gonna make it kind of a fantasy thing, then you should probably just not right. you know just make up names for these other countries. Right. Well, I think that like. Again, I guess as someone who plays a lot of games that are kind of that kind of do this, right? Like Assassin's alternate, Creed and alternate such, history right? like, stuff, right? Yeah, it's like it's it, 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 it it's just a backdrop, right? It's just an excuse to like have yeah. like somewhat familiar things, but in an otherwise um, yeah, it uh, it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. It just like I feel like I'd rather just totally shut my brain off and just have like pure fantasy world, but right, you know, yeah, that's a detail details. All right. Let's uh let's move along. So unfortunately it looks like we may have to proceed without Iroh for the moment as he just lost power, but we'll see if we can get him back on in a second. Or we all start disappearing one by one eerily oh, no. until there's only <laughs> one person left. Uh I'll start asking uh asking you all to get a robo and get no response uh later <laughs> on the podcast, but uh all right. Let's uh let's talk about to your eternity. Um, let's let's do that. Let's, I, I have yeah. I have spoken at length about this, mm-hmm. so I want I want to get Artemis. I want to get your opinion as a fresh uh, voice um, on this because well, I don't I mean, know if what I'm going to say is going to be much different than what I've been saying up to now. I don't, but I don't hate it. I've been following what you guys have been saying, and I can't say I disagree. Really, um, I don't really care for any of the supernatural elements of the show beyond the main character being immortal i i I don't know i just it's fine i just think it takes away from the emotional core of the show when they focus more on these bad guys who i don't know like are they even bad guys per se? Are they just I don't know if they're manip- is it just a force of nature? Yeah, or I don't really know, and I don't really care. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What do you What do you think of the current arc specifically, the Crime Island arc here, compared to the other ones? I'm not really buying it compared yeah. to the other arcs, to be honest. Um, I think I I'm not sure what what other arcs have we had. So the first arc where he where he kind of. Well, the first um, episode, where, it was just the first episode where he... Which was great. Which was great. Episode. Yeah. It, yeah, and he meets the boy and yeah. the wolf and, and then, all that. And then we had March, the, right? Then the March, yeah. Which was mm-hmm. also, a, that was a really strong arc. Yep. And then... And, uh, Gugu. Uh, Gugu. Gugu was, like, some parts worked and some parts did not for me. So I'd say this arc for me is, is probably the weakest thus far. So in your opinion, it has sort of just been a consistent... Uh, downward slide then yeah not like i wouldn't say dramatically down like i'm not saying oh it's a trash show now and i don't like it anymore but it's not i it's might definitely but... not as strong as it started <laughs> off sure i mean I, th- I think that is a fair assessment uh i as as the one here who has read the manga i, I think at this point i can confidently say that um i think the to your eternity uh story has been failed by this anime adaptation yeah. i think that uh and I'm not I'm not trying to get out here and say oh these story story elements would be so much better if you read them in the manga but it is a little bit of that I feel like I feel like the the anime has failed in a lot of ways from fidelity to pacing um, I think it's just 
even just the production like quality has dropped off. I feel like in the past yeah, couple episodes, I, 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 think, I noticed that too. And I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we all like to say, ah, like at the end of the day, a, a good story will shine through no matter what. But this is a visual medium, and I do think that in a lot of ways, To Your Eternity story is being failed by the the lacking in 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 the presentation quality of of the anime. Like I think a lot of these scenes might have like landed better if they had been given more. If they would have had more weight and gravitas if they had been communicated with, I think, less cheap-looking visuals. Right. Quite honestly, I, I, I can I, see that. And I, I, I do find it interesting that we've consistently across the board been split. Uh, the the people who read the manga and the people who didn't on our opinions <laughs> of the show. I, I mean, I think. Whereas, just, like you and Iroh and Aqua are more inclined to defend it. Yes, um, and I think a lot of that is because the manga is very good, and I think the story is very strong, and I think that the issues with its pacing are not nearly as noticeable when you are reading it in manga form. Is the, is the manga finished? Or not yet, no. It, okay. no it is, uh, but, but the anime has not caught up, right? It's not, not like even an close, issue with... No. Okay. No, yeah, it's, they, they, have plenty, they, they have plenty of track ahead of them, okay. and it, it is unfortunate because, like, again, as Ira and I sort of vaguely alluded to last time, like, there is a moment that is coming up soon that is like one of the most like emotionally riveting things I've ever read. And the sad thing is the anime might not even get there if the pacing currently holds up. Like because there's only a couple episodes to go, right? Right. It, they might actually not even have enough time to get to what Iro and I, I assumed was like the most logical mm-hmm. thematic. Uh, and uh, I assume point. I assume that if they do go for it, then it would be rushed. It would and be therefore rushed. Not. And it would lose its impact. So it it is a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And it's it's deeply unfortunate because I think... So here's the thing, right? Like, even even amongst manga fans, it is generally agreed that Crime Island is a bit of a a bit of a weak arc. But Mm -hmm. the thing that it does that's really important is that it begins to set up Tonari as a character. And I know that right now she is kind of just like... Oh, plucky crime girl, and you know she she doesn't quite have the same like gravitas as say uh, Gugu or March had, mm-hmm. but like the thing that like makes Tonari like really compelling in a lot of ways is that she sort of becomes like Fushi's like first like truly committed ally, if that makes sense. Like 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 Gugu was obviously like very close with Fushi, but he died before he really had a chance to like comprehend the knocker threat if that makes sense right right like, she's the only character who knows exactly what he is and what danger kind of follows him and she's still like i'm on board with this yes and there's like something like very compelling about what they do with tonari's character because of that because of the awareness of their like peculiar relationship right like she is mortal she is very mundane as far as human beings go but the fact that she'll still like stick by this like otherworldly creature like well, and actually, again i think actually it's... she's not the first character i i'm i'm missing out on pioran right like oh yes yes pioran yeah. yes yes uh who, you, who you are... is a really good character yes pioran is a great character and i think that is also the weakness of crime island is that <laughs> they, they put her she's just put locked her in jail away so the... you see her for about 10 seconds they, they, they put yeah. her in jail and then later they put her on a boat and i will say even pioran actually does get like a really compelling payoff that again i'm like a little concerned because i'm not even sure if the anime will get to those moments because of how few episodes they have and so that's kind of what i mean when i say 
like I think I think your guys' criticisms of the story are totally valid, but I also I think that some of it is just the constant stumblings of the anime, like ever yeah. since like quite frankly, ever since like the Gugu arc, mm-hmm. the presentation is just not held up to scrutiny. I do have to wonder if knowing that there's payoff coming up helps a lot as as I know currently slogging through it, not knowing that I'm just like, man, this arc is going in like the exact opposite direction of where I want it to right. go every single and I, time. I think, I think, I think uh, it's a fair opinion to have, right? You should yeah. like a viewer shouldn't be told, right? Oh, I, watch this bad stuff because good stuff is coming. Right. Up. Like, that's not like, fair. You to can't any assume person, they're going to have friends that read the manga that said, right. just wait, <laughs> yeah. it's going to get good. Um, so you know that, that that doesn't necessarily help the criticisms, but yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't I don't really as someone who hasn't read the manga just because I don't really read manga I don't care about the fidelity, but I do care that it tells a good story, right? And um, we have to be able to judge there, it on its then, own exactly right, merits. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just with the these past couple episodes of like, you know, we got Hi- Hayase back. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, I'm not. I'm not mad about that. But, and, um, and her being his like creepy yandere stalker or whatever. I'm not huge fan of any of that. Yeah. Of it. Um, yeah. And then like when they just decide to you know murder all of the kids in the most like painful you know borderline misery porn again uh way uh at this least, past at episode least, at least none of the kids had a puppy that you also saw murdered you know uh, uh, yeah we were, I, we, I were think, like, we were slowly approaching that territory but yeah. but i and but even then that was like i couldn't remember any of their names <laughs> i mean <laughs> like, i mean for better or worse like the, the crime kids don't work as well as like like regardless of your feelings about like gugu's arc overall like I do think they do the work to sell the tragedy of Gugu's sacrifice. Like, right, he is someone that Fushi had grown with, like over the years, like mm-hmm. a, you know, as a as yeah. a sealer friend, as, as as a brother, essentially. The closest kids to are family like, well, that he will probably ever have. Yeah, whereas like the crime kids are kind of just I'm like, like, well, I know one of them fights with a chair. You're right. Janand uh, <laughs> <laughs> on chair fighting. Shoutouts, but um, yeah. I, I, again, I. I, I don't want to, like, keep making excuses for this show, so I, I will just say that, like, I, I think I think your criticisms of, of the plot are, 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 are valid and warranted, but also I think that, to a certain extent, like, anime is a visual medium, and I think that some of these plot lines would have been better served by either better pacing or... G- like, giving them a little more to breathe. Mm-hmm. And not just, like, you know... Like, in hindsight, 20 episodes now seems like a really bad decision they made like like the way they decided to pace things out they probably could have made it to 22 just fine so purposely cutting themselves short at 20 now seems like a really strange decision right if that was their decision yeah i was gonna say i don't know whose decision that was it may may well have not been the people actually working on it but Um, regardless that's like gonna it seems like it's gonna hamstring them in the end right I, I think so. It's either they're going to have to rush to the end, or they're not going to get to the, or or a good stopping point, not the end. I, but I assume they either have to rush I, there I or, or not been, get there. I haven't been caught up with the anime news, but is there a season two been announced or no? Not that we know of. Not no. yet. I mean, there's plenty of material for that, right? Right. If they there would be enough route. for a season two, definitely. Yeah. So. All right. Well, I that I does that mean it will be done? 
by next episode? Yeah, I think it might episode? be. Yeah, we yeah. only have two All episodes right. left. Well, we'll we'll know next time then. <laughs> let's uh, let's continue. Yeah, I'm just let's gonna talk. get my bag of popcorn. Excuse me. Yeah. Speaking of shows that embrace the trash, we're born in the trash. Dive into uh, dive into the trash. Uh, let's talk about D side Tramiray the animation. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. What uh, what was what was our our after school special? What was our uh, after school lessons this week? Okay, okay. This, this so, time. Oh, I wish Iroh were here. All right, let me get this set up as best I can. Yeah, so, unfortunately, Iroh can't be here for this. Uh, uh, the the two episodes that aired of D Side this week are maybe the funniest disparity in. Is that funny with scare quotes? Maybe um <laughs> um the gravity of the the subject matter at hand. But they were both treated in universe with the same level of gravitas in terms of their presentation, and it's extremely funny to me. So the first of the two, um, they meet a mysterious girl. You know, look, we've all, for those of you who have played a Persona game, again, like I keep comparing this this anime to like trashy Persona. Um, Is they the meet mysterious a- go naked? No, no, she has okay, clothes, but she's like she's like a mysterious girl on the run from men in black suits. You know, classic like, oh, who's this girl and what's going on, right? Right. And uh, so they find out that like the 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 evil organization that has been like giving shadow powers to like these like hapless victims is known as the Church, uh, capital C. Uh, right. Uh, and and they are spreading their villainy, you know, through Discord and all that stuff, right? And they're also after this girl, but what what's going on? And it turns out that the girl was, like, raised by the church. But her parents realized that, like, ah, they're they're up to no good, so we're going to try to, you know... Uh, oh, but you don't escape the church. On your right, terms, right. right. Yeah. And, and the reveal is that, oh, her parents were also originally members of the church. And, um... Of course. Let their daughter be experimented on. And so it turns out she is half shadow, half monster, or whatever. She is a... A human monster hybrid. Again, to use persona terms, it's like she's like half shadow. Right. Um, and they they have nefarious plans for her or something, right? And her parents sacrifice themselves to let her escape. But as far as she knows, that her dad is still alive and being held captive by the church. So our plucky heroes, like, are like, you know, oh, we can't let that happen. We got to go save her dad, right? So they. They go there, they beat up some bad guys, they find the dad, it's kind of too late for him, he's been tortured to death, he's like on death's door, right, and, you yep. know, he passes, right, and, you know, they're talking about, oh man, like, damn, the church, yeah, but don't worry, like, little girl, like, we're, you're gonna become a member of the squad, like, we're gonna, like, raise you, she's she's literally gonna become their, like, um... Uh, to use Persona again, her, their Rise, like their mission control, because it turns out that because she's a human-shadow hybrid, uh, she has yes. the ability to detect other shadows, right? So right. they're like, ah, you're going to be a great uh, addition to the team. Uh, quite notably, this girl doesn't show up in the OP, so maybe hmm. you can guess how this episode ends. Yeah. Actually, you can't, because uh, uh, um, at the very end, as they're talking about how, don't worry, we'll raise you, you're going to become part of the team, uh, you just hear... A glass break, and then she gets fucking sniped, like straight up, like just like a with snipe, just a, a regular s- sniper rifle. A gun. sniper like, bullet just rips through her head, uh, and she just dies, just like straight okay. up. Just like at the end of the episode, she's like halfway through a sentence, like oh, like I'm sorry about my dad, but thank you for rescue. Blap, just like that. 
just and then <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's it. Um, and wow, it's just like it's so it's. <laughs> It's just so jarring because, like, the rest of this episode had been this, like, ridiculous action romp because it was focused on Jessica Claiborne, the token American of the group. Yeah, I was going to say, did we get her story yet? So her story is that she's an American, and what that means by being an American is that uh, she's good at shooting guns. Uh, As she says, uh, every American uh, is born with the soul of a driver in them. Thus, Americans don't need driver's licenses to drive cars. Ah! And um, <laughs> she is uh, deeply familiar with what she herself calls advanced interrogation techniques. Um, uh... She literally almost starts alluding to Guantanamo Bay in terms of like where she has learned her interrogation tactics, which include like threatening people with knives and firing live pistols into the air. Wait, so, how old so, is the, she? so the the like, author was 13? like, "What do I know about America?" <laughs> yeah, and wrote three bullet points. Yeah. Guns. Torture guns Torture. and cars. And cars. I'm kind of getting weird, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! bridge flashbacks, like, in America. Actually, it, it, you're, you, you jest, Artemis, but she is literally... I mean, so, if you haven't been listening to the podcast, Artemis, this girl, her special ability, because they all have special abilities, mm-hmm. is she can summon a minigun that has the Statue of Liberty's head attached to it. Oh, yeah, I did hear it. I did, So, yeah. she's, yeah. like, that super great. American. And so the episode was actually, like, really good and fun, like, for the first 80% of it, because it was just, like, this, like, hilarious, maybe problematic stereotype of American people just, like, walking around. Did she have some kind of tragic backstory? It's just, like, nope, I like shooting stuff. Nope, she's just American. Oh, well, maybe that's tragic enough. That's tragic enough. That's (laughs) tragic. Yeah. (laughs) Like, there's a great, like, running bit throughout this whole episode where, like, she takes a pistol out and, like, fires it into the air. And, like, because everybody else in the cast is Japanese, they're like, nice job, Jessica, like, scaring scaring that thug with a toy gun. And then, she's like, like... toy gun? <laughs> and, yeah, she just is like, to- she, she's just a toy gun. <laughs> they just kind of leave it at that, right, until the very end when they get into a Yakuza Zero-style car chase. And, like, she is firing... She, she is doing literally the Yakuza Zero car chase. She's firing this gun at these cars, and they are flipping over and exploding. She is killing these people. Awesome. <laughs> wow. And so, yeah, really fun episode right up until the impromptu, like, assassination at the very end, where it ends on, like, the most, like, serious dour note possible. And, uh... uh what, okay. what, what might What might you expect from the, the second episode of these of these two? Well... Episode two uh, uh, of the last two episodes we watched, um... Do they just pretend that didn't happen? No, they, they, they acknowledge it. They're like, ah, okay. oh, damn, the church is so powerful. We're going to have to, like, gather our strength to defeat them and all that. Uh, but, no, the second episode introduces what I believe are the playable characters from the game. The gotcha game that D-Side oh, the, is like, based on. Vaguely just generic enough... Uh, yeah, like generic and male characters. and female avatar. Yeah. Right. And so they show up, and... The gimmick is that they're like country bumpkins. So, huh. like, the 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 running joke is, like, the two characters, the two playable gacha characters come from a special island where I think the actual game takes place. Okay. And, like, they're not familiar with Tokyo, so they're constantly talking shit about how bad the food in Tokyo is and how bad the air is and, right. like, how, like... It just can't compare to, like, the natural, like, wonder of the Japanese countryside. And, like, 
the main character of the anime, the pink-haired kickboxer, is like super fucking pissed off because he was born and raised in Tokyo, and oh, his, he's like his, his uh, hometown pride is getting hurt. Yeah, he's got really. hometown pride. He's like, yeah. yeah, like the air might be smoggy and the food might not be fresh, but you know what, Tokyo, Tokyo. It sounds have? like me trying to defend New York City. But yeah, yes. yeah, they like they got like Tokyo soul is right here, and he's pointing at his chest, you know, and so he's got beef with the the main character of the game, and uh, this all culminates in the villain of this week's arc. Uh, uh, so we talked about how, like, um, the villains, the, the weekly villains are, like, usually just hapless victims who have, like, fallen to, like, depression or, like, mental, uh, um, mental breaks, you know, in, in their, in their psyche. And right. the villains kind of capitalize on that, you know, like shadows. They, they prey on their, like, darkest desires, right? Right. This week's villain is the most stereo- stereotypical OG-san farmer. Like, like... Hmm. Like, he's got the Haramaki, like, belly band, and he's wearing a straw hat. And his okay. beef is that the people of Tokyo look down on him because he's from the countryside. And how he can't stand the arrogance of city folk. And literally, that's the conflict that's, that drives that's him to becoming to, uh, the monster so- of the week. Like, he hears the voices in his head. The shadows are like, yes, the Tokyoites, they're so arrogant and elitist. They look down on the country folk. I, I'm sure they're what taking this like a hundred and... What a weird city to think, like, is super <laughs> arrogant. Like, of all the Japanese cities you could pick. It's just, it's, I don't know. I, I, I have a soft spot for, like, weird regional beef. Uh, so, like, this, like, again, most, like, stereotypical countryside farmer, like, you got, he's got, like, the white v-neck and the green, like, belly band, and he's wearing the fucking getta, and, like, he's got the straw hat, and he's just like, Ugh, the, the, the city folk, they're so arrogant, they need to be taught a lesson. And I, Very I'm sure well, I, I'm sure I give up playing my soul. This, like, I'm sure they're playing this, like, 110% serious. Oh, right? yes, totally serious, right? And so, like... Get it? Because it's thematically relevant to the conflict between the characters. Of course, yeah. And uh, so they fight the demon that's been summoned by the angry OG-san farmer. And um, the city folks can't beat him. Their, their, their weak, their, their weak <laughs> urbanite powers are no match for the, 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 the power of rural uh, demonic strength. And it's up to uh, the heroes from the games to beat the monster. The and it ends on this note yeah. of like bitterness because like the, the the city folk and 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 the 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 rural heroes don't see eye to eye and that's literally how the episode ends so are they are they gonna like was that just a cameo or are they gonna be part of the, the cast i think now? there's gonna be a part two so my suspicion is that oh, like, get, like one more episode and we'll then get one out. more episode and then the gotcha heroes will have to return to their home planet back but to the like, game it's it's just so goofy. It's such a goofy anime. Like I, <laughs> like episode one is about, or or the first of these two episodes is about like child trafficking and like horrible experiments being done to orphan ki- or, or not orphans, I guess to to childrens being raised by cults and then being subsequently murdered on screen. And then the second episode is literally just like urban rural beef. <laughs> Far- farmer with hurt pride. Yeah. Is the uh, the equi- the equivalent, uh, yeah. yeah, if not more powerful. Yes, it's <sighs> it's a truly absurd show, but I just can't help but be drawn to it. Yeah, wow. 
all right, well, we'll have to uh, see what crazy uh, thing they uh, come up with next <laughs> next time. And I look forward to relaying it every week. Yeah. <laughs> all right, before we continue, Iroh, you're back. I'm back. I've, uh, I've, I've, I was, I was holding them off so you can go on ahead, but I managed to kill them all. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's a that's a twist. <laughs> usually, usually once you've volunteered to hold them off, that's a death sentence. No, I so caught up. That's caught impressive. Up just in time to save you. Damn. Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, you missed the D side chat, but uh, oh shit, we got plenty more to talk about here. So, wait, what am I? So, what am I saving you from then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe you didn't stop them. No, I don't um, think you stopped. I don't no. think you. I don't think you could have stopped D side. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's let's move along to talk about Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Oh, dang, maybe I should have stayed longer. <laughs> I don't really. I, they're basically making the they're making the rounds to you know you got to touch base with all the side characters, and that's mm-hmm. continuing on into these next two episodes. And as I've said many times before, it's the side characters that are the horrible bad part of the show. Well, <laughs> so because um, we had the. Uh, the the big sister airhead dragon lady and her her uh, little boy she shacked up with uh, they got there right I feel like you did talk about who's this. literally who's literally named Shoda yes that's right the joke. It's intentional. yes this is this is coming um, back to me oh boy and uh, so we get a little bit of them we get a little bit of the the only male dragon in the main cast who's like a creepy butler. Okay. Um, and he he lives with uh, one of Kobayashi's workmates, and who of course is a huge otaku, and they do nothing but play video games all day. And um, so they get a little bit of screen time, and they even do a rare crossover between the two, which wow. which, which is rare, where uh, the creepy butler dragon guy decides to make a doujin for Kamiket, and hooray! He asks the airheaded uh big sister dragon to model for him because uh she's so voluptuous uh-huh. and uh-huh. it's not like yes it's as bad as it sounds but also it's like so it's played so straightforward that's almost kind of lame like this is just like, huh. really like just dumb um, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, based on, like, the way that show's been described in the past, right, like, this is yeah. definitely, like, Kyoani covering their bases, right, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're kind of just covering, you, you have, like I said, you have to touch base with all the side characters, because otherwise mm-hmm. they ha- don't have a reason to exist, and then, uh, you know, move on. There were some good parts, because they, you know, the show, it's a comedy, so it's, you know, you get you break the episode up into two or three parts and each part's different. And uh, so there were some good bits once we get back to our main family, like a thing about Kobayashi just wanting to sleep on her day off, you know, and Big how, mood. The, how yep. that, how that has affected the other dragons who normally don't have to sleep, but now they want to sleep. And yes, it was, that was a big mood. So, you know, there's still, there were still some glimmers of the good stuff, but this is the middle middle stretch of the series. They got to get to everybody. It's probably going to be the worst part of it, I hope. And maybe we'll get some better stuff in the back half of it. But sure. All right, let's move along. Let's talk about Aquatope on White Sand. Uh huh. I uh, guess speaking. Uh, is there anything you watch to talk about? With I, another I anime of. That, I guess that speaking is... of being in the middle of your series and having yeah. to touch on all the side characters. Right. 
that's pretty much where we're at with this show as well. I'd Except almost these side characters watch, are not yeah. awful. I'd almost <laughs> rather watch a show about the diner than oh, yeah, about the a, aquarium. But... Yeah, where's our where's, where's our Udon Chan spinoff? <laughs> yeah, it would make it would make a good like slice of life. Nothing nothing in particular ever really happens, but we get like a new character every episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, you know. And this about week, the, problems on this week, these weird skateboarding kids skating on in. <laughs> <and> <laughs> You guys really the want Okinawa that crossover. The, the Okinawa cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah. you, and there would be, really there would be like a lot of like food possible. porn, like you know. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. And we'd also get more of a of a of of a, the best character, Udon Shine's uh, wine mom. Who uh, yes, I'm not yeah. sure what she actually does for the restaurant. Does she run it? She's I feel the owner, like I think maybe she does the bookkeeping. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say she probably does the books. Because all she does is it seems to be just, just, just drinking customers. with customers. And is it is it her? Aunt, that's the fortune teller. Yes, yes. Yeah. Her mom is also does fortune telling on the on side. On the side, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so respect. Yeah, the, 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 that that would be pretty fun. Udon Chan does get her kind of episode, I guess, in one yeah, of these, the... where she helps them make special uh, shaved ice things for the. Yeah, because you gotta have an ice cream license. Yeah, the dreaded the, the, ice that was cream. The, that was the drama. I mean, yes. I have I have been to a restaurant that had a huge government thing plastered on the window because they got busted for not having a pasteurization license. <laughs> I mean, wow. I do believe it, of course, right? Like yes. tainted milk is like one of the quickest ways to get food poisoning, but it's just yeah. what a weird thing to make your like yeah. your your uh, plot obstacle. But um, yeah, so we had that, and we got a little background on the. Uh, the, the one guy that works there, the kid with the long hair. Yeah, Kuya. Kuya Kuya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was all fine. Um, and, and more reminders that, hey, this thing is closing in like three weeks. Right. Um, I, I'm going to. Do you think they're actually going to close the aquarium? Uh, so I'm, I'm curious about that because now that we know that this show is not one core, like, right. I, could, I could see it closing as and like the re-opening. season finale. And then, like, that is when uh, Fuka is like, you know what, like, I'm going to become the, you know, the thing we keep guessing, right? I'm going to become a regional idol for the Okinawa Tourism Board, and I'm going to use that to get the aquarium opened again or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really hope, like, I think that will happen. I hope it doesn't. I, no, I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I kind I don't, of hope the aquarium just closes. I don't want that to happen, but, like, look, if you don't have a character who is explicitly a former idol, I feel like it is inevitable that, like... Yeah, they will play that up sometime. You know, I th- down I think the road. I think closing it would be the more interesting play because then it'd be like you know you have to move on because because yeah. the whole magic of the aquarium is it's got all these memories tied up to it, and it's like that would be like a statement of you know you have to you know keep moving with oh, your totally. life and yeah. make new memories yeah. and everything. I d- I there's like a zero percent chance that's going to happen though. Uh, I'm very curious because I think that other PA works shows in this vein like have been willing to examine the nature of failure. Uh, you know, I think Sakura Quest and Shirobako both sort of get into, like, mm-hmm. right. what does it mean to fail? What does it mean to not reach your dreams? You know, what does it mean to have this lifelong ambition and then subsequently fail to reach it? And right. I think they've done it in interesting ways, like, you know... But none Shirobako- of those... 
all of those yeah. still have a happy ending, though, right? They still had largely happy endings. That's a thing, right? Yeah. Like, and, and also the thing is, like, Shirobako and Sakura Quest both had ensemble casts, so it allowed the characters to have varying degrees of success, right? Like right. some, char- like some, some characters endings were happier than others. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and like their struggles were different, right? Like in Shirobako, like you know, one character got their dream job, and the conflict is. Uh oh, I don't like my dream job. <laughs> Whereas another character couldn't even get her foot into the industry in the first place, right? So it's like you could. There was a bit of a nuance there you could examine. The thing with like the aquarium, though, is that because they all work well, they're all connected to the aquarium, right? It is a bit of a like all or nothing thing, right? Like if the aquarium fails, they're all going with it, right? To, right. to a certain extent. So yeah, but like I don't think, like in real life, I don't think that would be a bad thing. I mean, I cannot imagine the main characters working their whole lives in an aquarium, right? Like maybe one becomes a marine biologist, you know, or right, right. But yeah. I don't know. I feel like Kukuru is locked in for life. What I feel like <laughs> she's she's got them like she's got them lifer uh, that lifer energy to right. Her. But I mean the rest yeah. of them, right? Like <laughs> yeah. Um, are they gonna? Uh, uh, they're gonna close the aquarium and then go on a journey to find her long lost sister or whatever this is. Oh, like, you think that's what they're implying with the um? I, I don't yeah. know the dream sequence. I I mean, so, she found the second like eternity reason, book or whatever. Yeah, or she I like would, um, she was a twin. Uh, I don't know. Like, I would I would mention going somewhere with that. As far as like the temporarily closing theory, mm-hmm. I think that did happen. If we want to go all the way back to uh, Hanasuku Iroha, if we remember that show, which is the first of the PA Works working people right. shows, um, they had like a hot springs or or onsen or something. I, I forget what right. exactly it was. It, this was now like eleven years ago, but um, that they they did that where when they hit episode twelve of the two core series, like they had to close the place down, but they ended up opening it back up or something. So. That, the that's a pot- here is that the loan sharks are circling or whatever, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not so, really sure how realistically they're going to close that, down, the, like or sell it or whatever, and then somehow get it back from them. That's kind of brings me to where my next theory on how they're going to do this, where like Kukuru thinks if we just make good sales in this last month, the aquarium's saved. That's not how it works. It's right? not. No, it's not the lifeblood right. of the community or anything, right? Yeah. Well, well, that's the thing. Like, but, but, like, I'm saying, even if you did good business in your last couple of weeks, they're still going to shut the doors because you have to pay your creditors, and you right. would have to. Like, the only way you could save it is if you could get somebody to give you an infusion of money to pay your creditors, and then give you money to continue operating. So you'd have to get like an investor or something. Yeah, and I, I think. If you guys remember, she meets the old guy. Yeah, the mm-hmm. uh, who who remembers his who sees visions of his dead brother in the aquarium. Uh-huh. His dead yeah. brother, who I think might have served in the Imperial Japanese Army in Pro- World War II. Probably. Um, We're just gonna gloss right over that. Yep. Look, I know Okinawa has a bit of a fraught history in in Japan, but. I, but, I, am, I am curious why they they keep kind of brushing up against that every now and then. It's like, is that really the thing? Is that really the can of worms you want to open in, in this anime? I think I think they they very um, mm. pointedly bring out that he went on after finding peace at the aquarium or something. He went on to start a successful business. Right. Right. So you know we we've got so now I feel like we have a benefactor in place. Maybe, yeah. Possibly. And he's very attached to this aquarium, right? Because he comes every year, right? Every single year. He yeah, comes he comes every single yeah. year. And even though he's 
might not have a whole lot of years left. Uh, you know, maybe that's his like, you know, maybe he, I, I maybe guess, he dies and leaves his money to the I, I guess my I don't know. Is like, it's another it seems, out where I'm it like, seems like I, this old dude actually has known that the aquarium has been is it, it has been in danger of closing for a while, right? So look, if he was going to like come in as an angel investor, you think he would have done that already? Uh, well, right? well, see, like, he he hadn't seen his brother again until just now, though. Ah, right? uh, yes, that was the re- that was the revelation and, he needed. And maybe when he sees these kids uh, gambaring their way, uh-huh, uh-huh, you know, when he top, sees Fuka yeah. up there singing and dancing her heart out to save the aquarium, uh, that will uh, change his mind. So that's where that's where I think we're headed, which would be the most safe, yeah. uh, I... kind of predictable yeah. way to go about this but would not surprise I, me I, I think at the end of the day like i think i'm still like largely enjoying aquatope like it's not mm-hmm. it's not really blowing my mind it's definitely not doing like i, I mean I'll, I'll admit i'm biased here but like you know shirobako obviously spoke to me on like a really deep level because it is about working in the art industry yeah right and so i i really resonated with a lot of its messages but you know i i think even without that like i think that like aquatope is still largely like you know, in some in some regards, you know, maybe similar to Pirate Princess, like at least to me, like Aquatope doesn't necessarily feel like it has the grandest ambitions in the world, but it is largely succeeding at the scale it's set out to achieve. Yeah, right. I I watch every week and then I finish and I'm like, I really wanted more, and then immediately afterwards, I'm like, that was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and I I do. I do kind of miss, I feel like in some of the other working PA works shows, uh, they focus more on like the, the reality of being a working adult kind of stories where this is more of a coming of age thing with some of that sprinkled in. Yeah. But I mean, I'm curious if like they will start to like flesh out some of the older characters a little bit more, right? Like with Kuyakun, they're sort of getting into like ah like he he's a high school dropout but he found right. purpose in the aquarium. If that like... was that was a weirdly dramatic moment to just drop in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, I wasn't wasn't expecting them to to go for that out of nowhere, but uh, I almost wouldn't mind if they start to explore that a little bit more. Like if with Kuya or maybe some of the other older characters, you know. And by older, we're talking about like twenties as a, as opposed to uh-huh. teens. I well, guess old enough uh, to drink. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, yeah, when 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 are we gonna get the uh, the tourism ladies backstory? Right, right like, exactly. Right. right, like you know, I, I certainly wouldn't mind having those characters fleshed out because, you know, just because of the nature of the age of the people on this podcast, I feel like maybe those those stories would maybe resonate a little bit more. Right, like, be more interesting yeah. than you know, eighteen year old girls dealing with having the top their of this yeah. I was like, look, like Kukuru, come on, you're like you're like seventeen, like. You lose the aquarium. I, I, I assure you, you will <laughs> find like, something else to do with your life. You'll, yeah. you'll get over it. Like you will, you'll move on. I feel like the anime does treat the aquarium as something kind of all important to the community. When in reality, it's 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 not, not really. Yeah. yeah, it's just weird. It's like all, it would be it's sad. often in some corner. Honestly, it's a little weird. Like, it's, it's something that weird unspoken thing of, like, I don't know the first thing about Okinawa, but, right. you know what, I bet Okinawa has some great aquariums. It really does. Let me assure you it does. So, like, <laughs> it's not like, oh no, this is Okinawa's last aquarium or something. It's like, no, like, there's... Yeah. There are other places you could go if you want to go look at fish. I under- but... I understand the very kind of nostalgic vibes of of 
of rural communities gradually declining over the oh, years sure, because yeah. the population is, you know, less, you know, all that, all that stuff. It's very, yeah. Um, yeah, it's very nostalgic and I get it, but it's, it's not really selling me either because it's, it's, it's an aquarium. I mean, <laughs> it's a very small aquarium that the kids like to visit when they're not in school. And it occasionally grants you magical visions of dead loved ones. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that continues to be okay, which is about as good as we hope for this season, so. Yeah. What's not been, what's, oh, God, let's talk about Sunny Boy. Um, uh, whoo. Well, I, I, just, I, just, like I just, I just, I just like straight ambition. up like hate this show now. Like, I ouch, stopped. Wow. So after the baseball episode, I quit. I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. I quit. The I baseball episode was the one that did me in. I thought about it. I, I was definitely thinking about it. Truly, but... the worst baseball episode ever made in the history of anime. My, my curiosity <laughs> got the, the best of me on it, and uh, yeah, I. I thought it was interesting. So we had that interview that came out since we last talked mm -hmm. with Shingo Natsume, the director. And the two things I took away from that, he mentioned uh, basically they gave him a lot of freedom on this and he took he's taking this opportunity to put whatever ideas he has into this anime. I mean, good for him, honestly. Which, like... from his perspective, I don't blame him. Yeah. But as far as making a good final product, I think it shows. Yeah. <laughs> I think mm. the interview he literally says, "I'm cramming all the ideas I have into this." Like he, like they yeah. used the word "cramming" in the translation, um, and yeah, there's just like no, there's a lot of thematic ideas going on, and none of them are sticking. <laughs> I yeah, I, I feel like that is that is just the thing that keeps sticking out for me is like again, I I get the people who are like, oh, like Sunny Boys, like this really fascinating like art house anthology. Like I get that idea. I get that. Like, oh, right. like, if you if you treat each episode as this bespoke like audio visual showpiece, like yeah, there are some really striking visuals. But also like again, I think I think as you know, we we have said multiple times here, it's there's just not enough like tangible for us to like hold on to from a like storytelling or character standpoint to like anchor us to these like really supernatural visuals that we're getting and this this these last couple of episodes are moving away from that anthology idea where they are they have been working on whatever the main kind of plot, plot is yeah. which is trying to get them back home or can they even get back home and they introduce right. the, the 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 teacher who's uh -huh. like a forming drill this, sergeant forming, forming this the anti-nagaro faction yeah, right, like, like this other so, faction for like no, like I don't understand what their motivation is yeah. or why there, she's doing also, this. But there's also like that weird like disconnect from episode to episode, right? Like where it's like weeks or months pass between each. Right, episode. there's that implication because episode six just opens up, and then like the fact that the students have factionalized is just treated as like mundane. And it's been apparently been probably a couple months since the last episode. It seems right. like right, like and it's like here's the thing, like I'm. I don't even like Lord of the Flies that much as a book. Like, uh -huh. really, the main thing you get from Lord of the Flies is that, oh, British children are the worst. Right. But, um, <laughs> you know, like, the thing that is interesting still about that type of fiction is seeing the break. The moment when, like, the old societies, like, norms, like, 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 qualms and societal norms finally break under the strain of the situation they're found in. When they kill Piggy. 
Yeah, yeah, basically, right? Like, and, and so it's like, I'm not saying I needed them to, like, fucking kill someone in Sunny Boy, but I almost would have... I feel like I would have at least been more interested in seeing the moment where their society breaks and the students form their, like, three different factions or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. The, yeah, the teacher faction, the student council faction, and then, like, Nagara's faction, I uh-huh. guess, you know? Yeah. Like... <laughs> yeah. That's the I official... Just, the official yeah. title is Nagara's faction, I, I guess. every character except Catgirl, like... Yes. Everyone else, I hate. Like I, mm, they got Indian, out of my skin. Indian so guys, okay. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I got Indian <laughs> guys all right, just because he's like the one reasonable dude in the cast who's just like, I don't hey, know, man. Everybody. Like, <laughs> he's kind of just a plot device, though. Yeah, right? he's just he's like a smart character. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it it's just, it just nothing is sticking or around long enough to like, be interesting or make you think about anything or. Uh, and, and it's just it's just not working the other thing that irked me i guess yeah irked past tense about the show mm-hmm. is that sometimes i felt like it was being weird and abstract just for the sake of being weird and abstract mm. and i don't mind an art house vibe or whatever but i do mind it when there's an attempt to to like just be bizarre because why not you know, like mm-hmm. right. when when you try too hard to be art house, it shows. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will bring out. So, the only interesting thing, and I'm not interested because I think the show is going to do anything with this, but it was I thought was an interesting idea in the latest episode, in episode six. Mm-hmm. The idea of like when you get like a time travel or interdimensional travel story, how like you start making different copies of yourself across different timelines and right. like what happens if you're they, the people they, on they the visit, bad timeline. Yeah. They, they visit basically the world where they never left. Right. Uh, they find the good timeline and realize, Oh, we're on the bad timeline. And I think that's an interesting yeah, possible story thread like, because you know, usually, usually in the story in, in those types of stories, the main characters are on the good timeline, right? And they fix things. And that would be an interesting direction to go. I feel like that's just going to get thrown out the window by next episode and they'll be on whatever other... (laughs) There's the wacky implication that Nozomi would have jumped off that roof if she hadn't met... Oh, right. So that would have been the bad timeline for her. In that that, that fateful moment. Uh, if that bird had not been on the roof, instead been on the ground, it's like. So, so your your good timeline might be somebody else's bad timeline, and yeah, yeah. right. So, like, I'm kind of already waiting for like the inevitable twist towards the end of like, oh, we can return to our original timeline, but Nozomi will die or something, and like it's bittersweet because uh-huh. oh, like. Thank you, manic pixie dream girlfriend. You saved my life, but now you must sacrifice. You opened up yourself. my heart, and now you have to die. You have to die. You have to return to your home planet. Which, <laughs> well, I'll point out whatever the, the sad sack main guy's uh-huh. name is. I I still absolutely can't stand oh, him. Oh, he sucks. Yeah, Nagara sucks. Like he's like the worst protagonist. Yeah. Not to I... not to bring this back around, but it's because we watched this in close proximity to Evangelion 3.0 plus uh, 1.01 uh, thrice upon a time <gasps> that <clears throat> I was watching Sunny Boy and I was like, Nagura's Shinji, but Shinji has a lot more specificity to his character. Oh, right. it's, almost that, it's almost that Nagura is the stereotype of Shinji that people don't like. 
Right. Like Nagara is actually that character. Right. I guess like Just, I, I don't I don't understand why Nagara is the way he is. Like we have not been given right. uh, any particular reason for why he is the way he is, other than his he dad lives doesn't in, make him go in a robot. Other than he lives in a modern society, which yes. grinds us all down. But like <laughs> Shinji has like very specific reasons specific why reasons he is the way he related is related right. to the plot for why he's messed right up. like nagara yeah. is just kind of like generically like I, I just generically a downer right like yeah. like in the way that like maybe a lot of teenage boys right. are and i mean yeah like, i don't know i don't want to say that there must be a reason given but well <laughs> i'll point out in that core element of the of the story so far that i'm like and What's he's your not deal, like kid? he's not really I think the show wants you to believe that he's um changing and evolving as a person and I right. he's not uh at least that's not being reflected in the actual content of the show. Mm. I would point out in the again in that interview with uh Shingo Natsume he mentioned that that yes. is basically his uh-huh. reflection of his experience uh right. in high school. And I school can understand when, that and relate with that on a certain ex- to a certain extent right. but I guess from my then tell that from, story, right? From my right? constructed like, fiction, I, I feel like I want a reason. Right. If you want to share that story, then, like, tell that story and don't just, like, make this Dude. character like this for no reason just because that's what you're, you know, what you yeah. want, wanted in the... Yeah, so, I, yeah, it's just... It's a whole mess of ideas and none of them are sticking. And honestly, like, for the sake of the podcast, I will probably continue to watch it. But, I mean, it's one core, right? Yeah. So, I, I'm like, so. yeah, and we're. I mean, but we still have a whole. It is by technical. I feel like it is by technicality the most like notable show this season. I don't know by this at this point. At this point, mm. it is, but wavering um, hand, like on I a mean, metatextual lo- level. I mean, it had like, a lot of hype. I mean, we right. had a lot of hype going into That's it. What I'm saying on of, a metatextual level. Sure. I mean, right. it is the one that people are talking about. I guess, like it's. Yeah. But again, I how much know. of that is just because of the, its utter lack of competition this season? Yeah. 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 I just I'm not not enjoying it on any level at this point, and I'm just only watching it so that we can talk about it on the podcast. Well, there's always got to be one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of a show that nobody's talking about, and maybe for good reason. All right, uh, let's let's wrap up with uh, all of our other. Uh, you, well, we have get a robot. Well, arc. I got back in time for this at least. Yep. And oh some of the the backlog stuff as well, but let's talk about get a robot arc first. How's that going? It's going. I, I mean, they went to the ocean to talk to the dinosaur people. Yes. So. Uh. Yeah, so the humans basically cut a deal with the Saurian Empire, which in uh, Getarobo lore, the Saurian Empire were the first villains of Getarobo. Right, the dinosaur uh, people. The dinosaur people who lived underground, who were forced underground by the accursed Getar rays generated by mankind, uh-huh. and uh, they uh, right. they now are working together because. Even though you might be a dinosaur bastard, you're a dinosaur bastard from Earth, not like those aliens who are invading from space. Uh-huh. Right, right. Yep. So uh, they're teaming up, and uh, it sort of gets a little bit into like, uh, ah, like what's Kamui's backstory? He's one of the three uh, uh, Getter pilots, and he is a Saurian-human hybrid. Yes. Uh, who was specifically bred to try to overcome uh, the Saurian uh, natural weakness towards Getter rays. You yes. see... Uh, 
He is the future of their species because one day, perhaps, well, the 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 learn the learnings born from him will allow the Saurians to rise again and destroy those who use Getter Rays. But until then. We could team up with them, I guess. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> in the meantime, the mysterious Shin Black uh, Getter Robo. Which is literally is traveling the Earth, killing aliens. Just killing aliens. In, in the most Getter uh, uh, possible behavior imaginable, uh, this robot that is being mysteriously piloted, uh, who was revealed by the end of the episode, of course, but is just mysteriously traveling around the world killing aliens, is about as... Uh, is about as on the nose as you could get about the purpose of like get a robo. <laughs> yeah, it's like meta contextual sense, but um, I don't know. Like honestly, there's not that much to say. Like I think, again, I maintain that like I think get a robo arc is trying to do some interesting things, but like, but like if two year eternity is is mm. hobbled by its lack of production values, get a robo arc is straight up like. Cut off it. at the knees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like it, it, it just can't do any of the cool things it's trying to do. Um, and that's just kind of the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Armageddon so how, continues. How's also. yes? How you guys again are also watching, rewatching Get a Robo Armageddon in tandem with this? So. Yes. Or I wrote your first time watching it, yes. but it's an old show. Uh, and the plot continues to be borderline incomprehensible. <laughs> Just, it relies so heavily on like you knowing everything about Garoppolo. In hindsight, I, I I feel that I realize I have to explain more things than I thought I would need to while we're watching Get a Robo Armageddon. I'm like, well, okay, so you see, that character is such and such. Uh, and I'm just like, yeah, okay, buddy. They're, <laughs> I killing, mean, these, is, they're killing these monsters. It, it continues to be a 90s OVA about a robot fighting monsters. Yeah. Um, and they're maybe building to a plot, uh, you know. Not, the, I vil- mean, the thing is, like, <laughs> plot-wise, like, five minutes past per episode, like, it's moving pretty slowly. Yeah, I guess you're actually right. Like, I think it does pick up soon, but, like, right now they're very much in that phase of, like, Dr. Sautome needs to explain this thing to the heroes, and it's going to take ten minutes in-universe, but it's going to take three episodes uh, in showtime. <laughs> hmm. It's like, oh, we need to defeat Shindragon, and Shindragon, we've been right outside Shindragon for the entire, like, you know, for, like, five episodes. And then Shindragon left! <laughs> uh, and then what, it left before they could do anything to it. What what episode are you guys up to at this point? Um, we're we've been keeping episode parody. So so like seven? six or seven, seven or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll be watching eight later. Yeah, today probably. Yeah, we did we did not. By the way, we did not catch the this Sunday's this episode, episode yeah. of, of Arc yet. So. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Timing it, on that. look those those shows continue to be what they are. I yes. don't know. Just like the other shows in our backlog. Indeed. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have anything new to say about Ninja Slayer at this Uh, point. What I have to say about Ninja Slayer is that today is Trigger's 10th anniversary. Yep, happy birthday, Ah, Trigger. You did Uh, it. (laughs) You somehow made it, you assholes. (laughs) Yeah. Trigger Chan Uh, still flying out there somewhere in the multiverse. Uh Just, uh... I mean, I guess the thing I would say about Ninja Slayer actually is, like, 
it is maybe the trigger fix that I needed as we wait for like their next project. Like as much as I love Dinazenon, mm-hmm. and I I am glad that Dinazenon is out there and that Amamiya is trying cool new experimental things. I I think I will just always have a place in my heart for irreverent shit posting trigger the, the dirtbag side of trigger yeah it's just, something a little more lowbrow <laughs> yeah the lowbrow goofball dirtbags that they are you know just you know so uh you know i guess the thing we will say to, about ninja slayer is that we are currently in what i vaguely recall to be your own eyes favorite arc of ninja slayer while we were watching it which was the introduction of a group of rival ninjas who uh served in the vietnam war yeah and, i remember i remember that um yeah. also fought in the uh texan ninja war of independence yep I th- I and i think so yeah Bio- it is just yeah. you know yes yes and they, they they showcase their techniques uh bio eido um and it, it is just pure trigger like like low <laughs> like goofy lowbrow humor like of the highest like of the highest variety. Lowest variety, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> really dumb half-assed jokes that you can't help but laugh at because, like... <laughs> they it's just so go for it every single absurd. time. Absurd, yes. Yes, yes. It's, uh... So, yeah, it, it remains a, a lot of fun to watch. I, uh... I am definitely happy to get my fix of trigger lowbrow humor i think uh it's 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 doing me some good right now mm-hmm. what what is their next project do we know cyberpunk. for sure the cyberpunk anime oh. so that is a thing, <laughs> yeah right? that, that's that's yeah. uh that's still up in the air so me, as far as I'm i mean it can't be worse than the game so <laughs> yeah i mean my hope of course with the cyberpunk anime is that they gave amaishi enough creative freedom to do like his own like yeah dumb goofy shitpost version of cyberpunk you know, just like I want, I want some dumb jokes, like some dumb, irreverent Amaishi jokes about, like I don't know, like cybernetic dick att- enhancements, or you know, just like whatever dumb joke Amaishi comes up with. I, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if if they have, if they just have free reign to make whatever they want in that setting, uh, it could be fine. But if they had to like do anything touching the actual game, then I have... yeah. So that is definitely my worry. Yeah, like no. it's, it's definitely not, it's definitely not the trigger project I'm looking forward to the most. Like I mean, I world... mean the game itself is based off of the the, the, the tabletop, tabletop game. RPG, yeah. so like that itself opens it up to many right. possibilities. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's it's see. funny because that's the type of thing that made a lot of sense for them to do like two years ago. Oh yeah, totally right. And, like, and what has since happened since that got announced is, has it, completely it is, changed the, the... It is one of those contracts that at the time makes the most sense in the world. Seemed like a great idea. Like, you just you, At yeah. least from a commercial point of view, it yeah. seemed like a great move for them. And well, now... they're they're also doing those uh, Star Wars shorts. That's right. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, that actually, and one that of them, actually looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and one of them will be directed by Otsuka... Uh, who is a longtime Gynax veteran, and uh, he has been on the record saying that this might be the last thing he directs. So, like, hmm. yeah. definitely, I'm I'm hoping it's a good send off to that guy's career. He he's done a lot of great stuff. Like, I, I he's never directed his own works. He's been the animation director on a lot of shows. He did like multiple episodes of Fully Cooley. He touched Gurren Lagann. E- right. He's just an all around like Gynax vet. So, like, yeah. I I would definitely like to see. Um, his yeah, shorts, so maybe, so, you know those. Maybe that'll be. I mean, those. Some of those actually did look pretty good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, if if there were any Star Wars content, I would be 
even vaguely interested, interested in, in 2021, in 2021. <laughs> it would have to be something that's like completely detached from right. the main movie series and that looks like well, that's what a lot of those are trying to you know tell different stories with the star wars yeah. you know flavor on them but we'll see all right, and finally, Alrighty. save oh, the yeah. best for last. Oh, hell, hell yeah. yeah. Honestly, no, Thunderbolt <laughs> Fantasy, thank you, Artemis. Thunderbolt Fantasy is great. I am having so yes, much fun I'm with this a lot show. Of fun. Um, so, I don't know if, uh, how much you remember of season one, Artemis, but we just got to the introduction of uh, Screaming Phoenix Killer. Okay, cool, yeah. The, the guy who steals the flute. <laughs> and then joins sure. the party. And like... then joins the party! <laughs> like... So they introduce like this really edgy assassin guy, vo- voiced by Nobuyuki Hiyama, uh-huh. and like you know he's like a typical like raven-haired edgy assassin. He uh-huh. literally kills um like the uh, Kicho's like master. Uh, Kicho is kind of like the mastermind who has organized the whole the smart guy uh, quest they've gone on to like save the world. Right, and he steals the flute that they need to proceed with their quest, and he's just like screaming Phoenix Killer. I think he has an actual name, but I can only remember his title as the Screaming Phoenix Killer. Uh-huh. Um, he's just like the most. He's just like the best, like smarmy shithead villain. Like, you know, when he kills the guy and takes his flute, he's just like waiting at a restaurant playing the flute. as the heroes show up and so the heroes immediately know what's going on right because like why else would he have the flute and screaming phoenix killer is just like "Mm, you know i heard this flute was quite important but as an instrument it's quite mediocre (laughs) (laughs) and you know he's like and he, he he does he does i think we mentioned the last time he does the thing of like i could kill you all now but it's not worth my time and so uh, uh-huh. uh, 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 Shofu Khan, kind of the main character, kind of confronts him, right? And they have the classic, like, heroic banter of, like, you know, you know, oh, you know, you came here talking of peace, but I can tell, I can feel your killer's aura this whole time. Right. You know, like, you, <laughs> know, they're uh, sizing yeah, you, each... you sit here acting calm, but you, I see you have no opening. <laughs> right, right. They do the classic, like, they fight in their mind's eye, like... You know, like, like you know, <laughs> Screaming Phoenix Killer's like, I can tell if I were to attack you right now, I may lose my own life, you know? And it plays out the simulation in his head or whatever. <laughs> it's very good. It's very good. And then I, I, when you think, oh, okay, this is going to be like our first big fight, uh, Kicho is just like, tell you what, Screaming Phoenix Killer, I just need that flute. I don't care how I get it, so why don't you just join the party? I need the flute, and in exchange, I'll let you kill me at the end of our quest, <laughs> you know? And... SPK is just like <laughs> very well. Is that what we're calling him now? <laughs> I can't say "screaming phoenix killer" every time. It's it's uh, it's a mouthful. Yeah, he's like yeah, so, okay. So he's just part of the, he's just part of the party now, right? Yep. And so our, to- our second token evil. Our teammate. second token evil teammate. <laughs> we already recruited K guy, the lament of the night's forest, uh-huh, the, evil the evil necromancer, necromancer demon yeah. woman who lives in the swamp. <laughs> uh. And. The latest episode we watched was actually, like, a surprisingly good character piece, right? Because, like, they, because... Yeah, they have to take the ferry across the way or whatever, because it's the, the fastest route to to the Demon Lands, Seven Sin Mountain, or whatever. And so... All these good uh, uh-huh. proper noun names. <laughs> Shofukan is, like, going around asking everybody, like, what's your, like, what's your stake in this exactly? And the, every <laughs> single person is like, Who's asking? Right, what's your stake in this? Uh-huh. By the way, your cover story sucks. 
You're covered. Right. In, no way you actually came across the the wastes wasteland of spirits. The wasteland or... of spirits. Yes. Uh, right. So like the idea is like like Shofukat is like I mean Shofukat is clearly like is like framed as like secretly the strongest of the group, but he because he hasn't actually shown off his power to the rest of the party yet. Like they do a surprisingly good character give uh, a character like dynamic of like Shofukat is questioning everybody because he's like. This party is full of, like, weirdos and murderers. Like, are, are we sure this is actually going to work out? And, like, everybody assumes that, like, well, what are you doing in this party? You're not a fighter. Like, you're just, like, this weird, like, scraggly hobo that Kicho insisted <laughs> that uh, to, was coming along for the ride, but you haven't fought anybody once. And he's like, shit, you're right. You have a point, actually. <laughs> and uh. it kind of culminates in the classic, like, Tanhi, who is, like, the... The princess type, she's the one who was originally entrusted with protecting the sword, and she's kind of occupies the, the, the character dynamic of, like, ah, because she's so good-hearted and naive, she's actually secretly the best at, like, gleaning insight into the most cynical character of the party. And so she's the one who can tell, ah, I can tell, actually, you're asking these questions because, like, you're actually deeply concerned about the cohesion of our party, right? Like, like this party's full of, like, mercenaries and demons and murderers like you're you're worried about our ability to actually work together so in, a, in your own way you actually do care right and this all culminates in this great fight at the end of the episode where they're on the ferry and the mist clears and uh oh all the ninja assassins are waiting on the bank of the river <laughs> for them you know and like again spk continues to be the best character because like this whole time he's been goading um frozen spear Fo wonder frozen spear wonder who is kind of like the hot-blooded young guy of the group uh -huh. right he's like he's like he's like hey, desperate i can't to wait to prove myself yeah that type type of character i'll be the right? one who defeats the streaming the young killer. the young bro uh. yes the young gun you know the young buck and so spk is like you, you know, know you it would be child's play for me to do this by myself but if someone were to get over there and beat them before I could, that person would be known as the man who surpassed the Screaming Phoenix Killer. <laughs> <laughs> and so Frozen Spear Water is like, oh boy, I'm gonna do it. So runs of course across he jumps, the water. And... Runs across the water and starts fighting everybody and everybody just like, wow, SPK, you're surprisingly good at handling kids. And, um... <laughs> Great with kids. Yeah, yes. so he's like, he's like fucking shit up and like, but you know, he's like one dude going full Dynasty Warriors on all these like uh, you know ninja. What, what is the right? uh, maximum puppets on screen they can handle? It's quite like, a few. Quite it's a, a lot. few. Yeah, yeah. Like in the really heavy Dynasty Warriors esque sequences, it's like. But eight or but nine it's also puppets. really funny because they obviously just ragdoll. As right. somebody throwing, right. It's not like a hurling full this thing. Control, so like right. when a puppet dies, it's just the puppet body being thrown through the air. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, and, and so, like, you know, you know, and then basically this whole, the whole end of this episode is basically showing off, oh, actually, this team can work together. They do it, like, despite their, like, differing, right. like, opinions and moralities. Actually, when the, when the chips are down, they get the job done. Right, K-Guy, uh -huh. uh, the, the necromancer is like, hmm, looks like the boy needs some help. So she does her necromancy. Uh, but she, the does, dead. she doesn't just summon her necromancy. They're like, right. They're, right. They're, she's like, well, this is a little too far away for me to put my paper on them. So sharp eyed impaler is like, all right, throw all your paper in the air and I'll shoot all the paper tags onto the corpses from here. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I totally forgot. It's, it's 
Teamwork. Teamwork uh-huh. all the way down and on this, even right? And the Screaming Phoenix Killer jumps to the bank with his meteor step technique. Yes. Unlike unlike, unlike Frozen Spear Wonder, <laughs> who is a wuxia peasant and merely runs on the water right. like a commoner, yeah. uh, Screaming Phoenix Killer has mastered the meteor step and thus simply jumps from the ship all the way to uh, the battlefield. And he literally, again, continues to be the best character. He's like... You know, kid, if you want to surpass me, the Screaming Phoenix Killer, you would do best to master the Meteor Step. You know, uh, uh, the bare minimum to becoming a true Wuxia hero, basically. Like, right. Like, running on water is fucking, is small time for this city. Right. Like, like, everybody can run and on like, water. You're... <laughs> yeah. It's the two, uh, like, top enemy lieutenants show up, and Screaming Phoenix Killer pulls the whole, like, ah, who, who will be first to die... But follows it up with, <laughs> if you can't decide, I can make it simultaneous. It's so good. He's the best character. SPK is is. I the mean, best and then actually does group. straight murder one of them. Right, he does actually just like effortlessly murder one of the lieutenants. It's with his uh, his special technique, um, forbidden nocturne. <laughs> What does right. that mean? Why is this nocturne forbidden? Who can say? But he Doesn't killed matter. the shit out of that assassin. So. <laughs> right. Um, this assassin, so this puppet fun. that's spitting blood, by the way. Yeah. Like uh, when they die, I... the puppets spit like actual liquid blood. <laughs> it's extremely good. Very. I, good. I forget. Um, Artemis, did you watch all three seasons? Um, I have not finished season three. Um, I okay. stopped watching for a bit just because I got too busy. But but I have seen one and two. Two. I won't say any spoilers, but. It's as good as, if not better, than season one. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, so, you'll love to hear I am, it. I am sure you will enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, right, we, maybe, we've been having a really good time. It's, uh, it's Maybe I should drop some of this other trash I'm watching and watch <laughs> Maybe. You, board, you probably yeah. should. Yeah. It's, 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 Thunderbolt yeah. Fantasy is well worth your time. Yeah. All right. And, like, again, it's like also, like, just, like, on, like, an artistic level, like, there's an aspect of because you know it's physical, you're, like, all the more impressed by yeah. the way they can frame shots. Like, there's at the end of the latest episode right. we watched, um, Betsu Gentai, yeah. the Bones of Creation, the main villain... Uh, shows up, right, because his lieutenants are having a hard time. So he's doing the classic, hmm, I guess I'll have to do things myself, you know, sort of thing. And he yeah. shows up, and, like, it's a subtle thing, but he just, like, does this, like, hand movement of, like, he, like, swipes his hand across his face and covers one eye. And, like, because it's being done with puppets, uh-huh. it's, like, the coolest fucking thing <laughs> in the world. Right. There, are, like, some, it's there actually, are some glorious hair sweeps going on. Like, it oh, is yeah. unironically, like, really cool that they just, this puppet can do the anime hair sweep. I mean, do, do they, I mean, it, does it hit a point at some point where you forget they're puppets? Like, I, no, uh, I think no. you, you always I mean, notice they're puppets. I mean, not that I, you're, I, like, I watched, tricked into thinking it's real, but, like, I you're watched, not thinking about... I watched Gel, so it's, like... That doesn't right. affect me. <laughs> I, 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 I always no. think about I, it. I don't mean I like you think it it's the... real, but like you just don't think about the fact that they're puppets anymore. No, oh, sure. I, I yes, always yes. do, but I think about it in the best way. Yes, I think yes. that's a good okay. way. Of like, oh man, look at that. Oh wow, that's puppetry. a puppet. <laughs> yeah. Right, like, you know, it's like you got moments where like fucking like there's this one shot in like an earlier episode where like Frozen Spear Wonder is like stretching his leg on like a, a windowsill like President like or, or like, like fucking Skinner from that one clip of The Simpsons. <laughs> Like, he's doing, like, leg stretches. And so it's just his puppet foot, like, yeah. raised up onto, like, a, a railing. And it's just like... How did you do that? Stretches. I don't know. <laughs> it's just like... Maybe I'll, maybe I'll uh, find uh, some time to watch this. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I 
I, I wish I'd got to this sooner. It's 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 really well done, and like the Sawano soundtrack just like weirdly fits. Like it's so over the top, and yeah, it just fits the absurd, like you know, classic sense of the word, uh, epic nature of the of the story. So, right, it's a lot of fun. Okay, well, I think that's gonna do it for this episode. Then, yep. Uh, let's do our housekeeping. You can check us out at thegloryoblog.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at thegloryoblog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and you can also check us out on YouTube. You know, leave us a comment, like, subscribe, ring the bell, all that business. Uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your enemies, and uh, we'll talk to everybody next time. <laughs>